Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today is kind of a special day because I'm here with two friends, two women that I've known for several years that I've worked with and who are now working together, even though they have their own independent respective careers, and they're going to get into that. Tracy Fleming and Jennifer Parker Stanton, welcome to the show. Thank you, Netta. So excited to be here. Thanks, Netta. So glad to have you. So um, let us kind of get into a little bit about what this project, can we call it a project? Is that fair to say? It's not, it's not a business. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on the show is we want our listeners to really kind of play with this idea of what it is they could start up, what it is they could launch that may be separate from their career. And you guys are a perfect example of that. Having said that, this could be a business if you wanted it to. So Tracy, why don't you kind of kickstart us? What is The Grateful Shed? Love the name, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I owe Jennifer the kudos for the name, Great which name. we'll get into later. But yes, this is definitely a passion project, I would say. And we like to call The Grateful Shed a, a wellness concept space. And it's really, the idea of it was rooted in our shared friendship and also our passion for nature and healing. And the way it manifests itself is that we create, we curate and execute very soulful experiences and what we call gatherings or events that are sort of centered on the concepts of ritual, remedy, and workshops. And sometimes we call them woke shops. And we love to invite different healers and experts and brands and artists and thought leaders to the shed and allow them the opportunity to share their wisdom and their expertise in their particular area of of wisdom and expertise. And we do this all at a beautiful private residence, Jennifer's residence in the LA area. And so is the Grateful Shed made up of existing members or do you invite people into that? We know you invite the experts, but are you bringing, can anybody come? What, how does that work? Yes, yes. And that is one of the beautiful things about The Grateful Shed is that Jennifer and I've met so many amazing people. I mean, I think the first event we ever did back in um, in March of 2019, that was all of our friends. But yeah. since then, we've had tons of new people come from all over the area, and we've met you know, new folks who've become Grateful Shed fans, and every event is open to anyone who wants to come. That's awesome. So anyone, male, female? Yes, absolutely. We, whenever we have a man sign up, we are cheering. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Why did you guys decide in an age of so many things being digital and you launched right before the crazy pandemic, why did you decide that 
going IRL was the way to go. What was it that you wanted, Jennifer? Maybe you could take this one. Going in real life was an offshoot of all the different things that Tracy and I were going to and attending and all the things that we were interested in. And we were going to all kinds of events and we felt like we could we could do this and wanted to do it. But really the impetus was an actual physical structure mm. that gave birth to the idea. And honestly, the idea was Tracy. She's the queen of, of curation and creation and alliteration and puns. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to use that. <laughs> yeah, you are. And quite honestly, we were in the middle of a remodel of our yard, a massive undertaking. And the shed literally fell into my lap. And my husband was disabled and ill at the time. And I'm redoing the yard and all kinds of crazy things are happening. And I just ran to him and said, we can get this modern shed that I've always wanted that I had a Pinterest board for 10 years and, and we can have it. And he's like, whatever you want, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> and I'll never forget, Tracy and I drove over to where it originally was and we sat inside it while debating if I should buy it or not. And she just looked and she said, get it. <laughs> and we can do something really cool with this. It's a physical structure. Like it's you lifted a building off of one property and put it onto kind another. Okay. Yeah, actually, the very kind person who built it disassembled it and reassembled it in the yard. Oh, and wow. it's become a counterpoint to our house. And it sits at the back and we've got, you know, landscaped around it. And I use it for meditation. I use it for Pilates and various things. But we use it as the center point for our event. And you want to know where the name came from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think anybody can guess. Yeah. But it really is. It took Tracy's genius with puns, but it. I am an old time deadhead. Yes. Yes. Figured. <laughs> so. And it's, it's a great name, actually, in that it invites, I mean, not only is it a great name because of the Grateful Dead. But there's something about this culmination in this physical building of being grateful, of gratefulness, whether it's the people that you bring together, the experts that you bring to share whatever their expertise or wisdom is, and the fact that you're all able to share in that space, which I think you guys had some sort of foresight because we only, we didn't know the years that were coming in front of us and um, how much this was going to be a needed space. Have you experienced that like post pandemic? I'm sure you took a little pause and didn't have some events for, for a minute when we weren't gathering. Did, have you experienced since you've come back this kind of gratefulness? For sure. I, I think the the last event we had before the pandemic was in January of 2020. And it, it was an event that actually took place inside the shed. We had an intentional limitation on the number of people and we were doing an intention mm -hmm. setting for the year. And little did anyone know that um, yeah. we were going to have a lot coming our way. That, that particular event, I still hold a huge amount of gratitude for because it was the last time for a long time that we were able to hold circle and be with one another. And mm -hmm and not be afraid to be with one another. And then we took a big pause. And we had, Jennifer and I had a lot of conversation about whether or not we wanted to go virtual. 
And because this isn't our main career and, you know, it is a passion project and it had its original intent, we decided not to do that. We, we basically, she and I hit the hills and we hiked our butts off for two years and dreamt about lots of things, our own wellness, our own path, the path of the Grateful Shed. And we we did use the Instagram platform to create guides to the things that we were doing, one of them being hiking a hiking guide for all the great hikes that we went on over all across LA and also wow. gardens that we visited. There were certain things that you could do, right? You could go out in nature. And so we brought that to our to our audience. But we did take a pause and we're back and it's been amazing. Our first event was an event with an artist that we love named Allison Lowe and she did a, a painting workshop for us um, and it was beautiful. It was really great to be back together. That's awesome. We actually know Allison. We met her years ago at, I think we were hosting a Mentor Monday at The Row and she came. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's very funny. It's a small mm-hmm. world, right? It we is. All, we all sort is. of intersect at some point. We found her through Kirsten, and I know that Kirsten is a part of this circle as well. So yes, we yeah. it's all we're all connected somehow. We're all connected. So I I kind of got into what the physical space is, but when the two of you, so Jennifer, you drag Tracy to come and see the space, wondering if you should buy it. Tracy sits in it with you and says, like, we could do something with this. What was that? initial intention? What was, what was the, this, I mean, you could have turned it into kind of a playhouse for, for you guys and your friends, right. And done pottery or whatever, but what was the intention and why inviting other people into that? The intention of it and the intention behind it and what it's growing into was a need for connection and, and sharing our combined passion Mm -hmm. That we can't be, we know, obviously, we're not the only people and women out there interested in the things that we're interested in. And my wanting to share sort of a search for knowledge and understanding and beyond just our daily lives, our daily, you know, human lives and wellness and aging and trying to age with power and grace and uh, knowing that just, and also sharing the sense of as we age, that it's not the end, that Mm. there's so much. And actually you feel so much better in a lot of ways and wanting people to know that. And I, I think that when Tracy and I were going to a lot of the events and things that we were going to, a lot of the women mostly were a lot younger yeah. And we really feel like there isn't a great space for women our age to gather and to learn and to continue to learn. And we want to inspire people to do that and to share what we're interested in. And I think, especially for Tracy, <laughs> that it gives us an opportunity to meet these people that we kind of have crushes on. Yeah. And, you know, are intrigued by what they're doing. We get to meet them in person and have them at my house. And, share with other people and it we've been introducing our friends and our our group to other ideas and it's it's just been so it's fulfilling to to do that i mean we could have easily just like you said made it a playhouse (laughs) yeah now it's a playhouse for a lot of people and a way to share knowledge it's such a gift to share the physical space too and your beautiful 
yard and your beautiful home. It's a it's interesting, like in a time when so much of us, not just because of COVID or as a result of COVID, but even prior where we're sort of isolating and using social media to make connection, it's so nice when we pause to actually physically get together to be intentional, not just for a party or dinner, but to be intentional about Mm -hmm. the way we're living our lives, the things that we're seeking collectively or independently. So it's very cool that you did that. And everything you said resonates with me, obviously. I think I created this podcast at, at the very core for two reasons, which is to meet my women crushes, and here you guys are, but just so I could constantly be connecting with women and like, oh my gosh, she'll talk to me if I have a podcast, so I'll create a podcast. <laughs> but then also I think it was, and people have heard me say this, there was this sort of, I always call it my inner Oprah that just wanted to come out. Like I just wanted to ask a bunch of questions and be curious. And I thought, if I was curious, I bet you there were a lot of other people that were curious. And it's very parallel to what you guys are talking about and what you guys have created. Now we tapped a little bit into the fact that you both have these successful careers that are independent of one another. You guys don't work together, not not directly. Can you share a little bit, Tracy, about what it is you do? Sure. So I work with another friend um, whom you know as well. We met when our children, our daughters were three and they're now around 19 years old and in college. And her name is Tamara Honey and she has a really successful interior design firm called House of Honey. And I joined House of Honey to run the business side of the firm, I think around 2013. So I've been there for a bit and I love design. I love creativity. I love art. I love the weaving of all of that together. And I love business development and client relationship and just the business side of things, operations, which was my past life. And so my role at the firm is to literally wear every hat, but actual interior design. I do get involved in that just from a high level visionary standpoint, but yeah, we do high end residential design as well as hospitality projects. And it is a highly creative job, but it also satisfies my, my need for organization and things running smoothly and keeping the trains running on time and things of that nature. Yeah. You just described every creative person's dream to have a Tracy (laughs) Fleming in their life. (laughs) If if only you could duplicate yourself, there's a business. (laughs) And Jennifer, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I come from a background in styling and costuming originally. For many years, I was a customer and stylist in the film business, doing music videos and TV and commercials. And then one day after complete exhaustion and just, you know, crazy hours and lack of, of a life, really mm. lack of vacations and seeing people and being able to make plans, I just quit and signed up the next day for my real estate lessons. And um, within a few months, I became a realtor and I've been a realtor since almost 16 years now. And what's really interesting to me about it is being my own boss, running my own business, and using all the skills that I used when I was a customer in terms of creativity and connection and finding the right fit for people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like trying on houses and trying on lifestyles. And 
I really love it because I love envisioning how a house could be, what could be make it better. I love trying them on with people, listening to people, and I really love being of service. It's interesting that both of you have that client connection piece of it that you both mentioned that's important to you. I wonder if that's part of why something like the Grateful Shed was made sense to both of you, like this idea of satisfying people and finding needs that people had and how do we help to satisfy those needs in a different way. How did you guys, I mean, we know your friends, you've mentioned that your friends, how did you decide that the Grateful Shed was going to be not a business? Like, was it an intentional, like, this isn't a side hustle that we're going to necessarily monetize for business? Like, people pay a fee to come, but that's really to cover your costs, as I understand it, for the most part. Why, why, why didn't you say, hey, let's start a side business? Why did you decide to make it, this is a passion project strictly for now? You know, I think we're still figuring it out. And yeah. I, I do think that Jennifer is owed a huge amount of gratitude. That's the theme for today, right? For yeah literally opening up her home whenever these gatherings happen it happen and it is it's an invasion of space you know it can be for a minute and she's very very open to it her family's very open to it but we have to understand that we're not you know in a in a space that we rent somewhere else it's at her home and so mm-hmm. i think i've personally been you know a, a little reticent to say we should make this a hardcore business because Every time we do a gathering, there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of disruption of her daily life. And so that was one of the reasons I think that we said, let's just put our toe in the water. Let's see, test it and see how people respond. And I don't know where it could go from here. We have thoughts about it, but that's why I feel like we've made it more of a thing that we enjoy doing for our for our personal satisfaction to share with others and hopefully inspire and expand them um, as opposed to, and also the fact that we both have really busy lives. I was going to say, and yeah, you this. both have, you both have full lives. I would also think, and Jennifer, you know, share your thoughts on this, but when it's not for profit, when you're, as Tracy said, dipping your toe in the water, it can be somewhat more expansive. Like you don't, you're not limited to doing certain things because you're not really satisfying a consumer. You're sort of playing in a sandbox and trying to figure out what, what could this be? Is that, was that part of this? Yeah, I think, I think that really the big piece of it is that we both have jobs and careers. Yeah. And this is sort of a way to give back and to share, to satisfy this. I think we're both seekers and seekers of knowledge and information and, and just what could enhance our lives and, and to then to share that with other people and the need to, to charge some kind of monetary exchange we have to do in order to have our guests, I mean, our hosts. Literally <laughs> lost my words. <laughs> That's me on a regular basis, just yeah. FYI. Yeah. yeah, the monetary exchange, we have to, you know, help and assist with our speakers and sure. we like our guests to go we like them to have something lovely to drink and some lovely food to eat that goes along with what event we're creating and so we have to monetize it in a way but we don't make a profit and i that's been almost a deliberate decision because 
We want it to be available to anybody who wants to come. I love that Tracy came up with the notion of a fair exchange. Mm. So they exchange a fair amount of money for a really great event that leaves them with a take home. Yeah. I also think, and this is part of that fair exchange concept. I love that as well. But when you're bringing experts in, when you're bringing product in, when you're bringing the person who's making the drinks or the food or whatever, it's a way to honor them. I mean, it's fun to be able to barter your way into an event. I get it. But having done that for a long time and having had, you know, large scale events, it's also if you paid zero, you might get that zero value. And it could even be in the way the person is delivering it, like their excitement about delivering it. There's something in being able to pay people fairly. It's a way to honor them. It's a way to sort of respect their career and their work. And because of what you guys are doing, it's like you want that to be a level playing field. We're doing this across the board, not just for the, the paying guests, but for the people who are providing the various services as well. Absolutely. So I get I get that and I respect that. What is the feedback that you're getting that's making you go, hmm, maybe we have something here that we could expand? Because I can imagine for so many of the reasons you said, a, a group of women who don't want to be in a room with a lot of younger women, be, not because it's not lovely and you can't learn something, but you're not having a shared experience of life. So you're, you know, and then you're bringing all this knowledge and you're bringing these experts together and some of it's fun and some of it's like life expanding. What are the things, what's the feedback you're getting that's making you consider, not necessarily if it should be a business, but just the direction you might go? We try really hard to survey our our guests after every gathering just to get feedback, not only for us, but also for the expert or the healer that's come so that they Mm -hmm. can use that for their future endeavors. And I think the number one thing that we hear, aside from what a beautiful space, it felt so lovely to be here, is that I met so many amazing women. Mm. And I'm a connector. I've always loved not the traditional networking, you know, where you're walking around handing out your business card, but just really finding the deeper way in which a connection could evolve and and become something. It's like a, lighting a spark, right? And yep. just seeing where it goes. And uh, the continued feedback that we get that women are like, wow, I, I was so inspired by not only who was speaking or who was doing the workshop or the workshop, but I also met these three incredible women that I never would have met before. I love the the fearlessness with which people arrive because a lot of people come by themselves and they wow. don't know who in the world we are. Yeah. We don't do a lot of forward facing. Our Instagram is really just a lot of sort of curation of imagery that inspires us. So there's not a lot of forward facing information about us. And you also, because it's a private residence, you don't really know where you're going until you sign up. So I'm always really, really amazed and happy to see people stepping outside their comfort zone and coming. And and for that reason, the fact that people are doing that makes me feel, I think us feel that we're doing something right and that people Absolutely. want more and more of this. Absolutely. It's that it's in fact a service. I just want to chime yeah, in on what please. Tracy said and give a little anecdote. We have a a mutual friend and she's a diehard fan and she comes to all of them. And I think she's the biggest example of why we keep doing it 
because every time she comes, she comes to support us. And then she leaves saying, wow, that was so fun. That was eye opening. I learned something. I'm going to add that to my day. Mm. I'm going to add that to my life. In fact, the art one we had with Allison, we didn't know she was such a talented painter. (laughs) And she left saying, I really miss painting. I haven't done it since high school and I'm going to do it now. And it was like, just that very moment made it like, this is why we do this. Yeah. I mean, and for me with the painting one, I can't paint, I can't (laughs) draw a straight line, but mixing the colors was like playing again. And it, I just, you know, for a couple hours, it was just pure fun. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you used that anecdote. I think I know who we're talking about. We will keep her name a secret, but the (laughs) fact that you guys are such good friends and, but, and yet there was this distinct place, this intentional place where that piece of information came out and where she could be grateful for what was created in a different way. Because you guys easily could have all gone to dinner and she could have talked about how she used to paint in high school, right? But it was creating this very unique place, a safe space, a place where wonder and curiosity and all those things can exist, that that came out and that she could go into that place. Yes. And so it's also super reciprocal, or at least in this example, it was for Allison, the the leader of the workshop, because she had not taught in a really long time. And she's like, I'm really feeling the call to teach again. And I want to try out some things. And she had a blast and it's inspired her to, to teach now again. That's amazing. It's amazing. And it's also like, we should know this, right? We should know that we all just need to create these sorts of opportunities for people to shine, especially amongst each other, amongst women. You guys talked a little bit about the age piece of it. You talked a little bit about going to some of these functions yourselves before you decided to come up with the Grateful Shed and that the age thing played a part of it. What do you think this particular stage of life prompted in you the need for something like the Grateful Shed, the need for something new? Was it just, I want to be in a room with people who look like me and use the same, like, aging products on their face? Like what, what was it? I'm pretty passionate about this. So I always jump in when anyone says age, I'm like, I'm there. (laughs) That is a fact, by the way, Tracy and I have had some age conversations in the past. So she is, she is about to preach. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 2017, I went to kind of, I would say my first wellness event. I was so excited about it. It was called She Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it was in, I think like Highland Park, and I went and it was fabulous. And it was, there were probably a hundred women there and there were speakers and booths and product. And I felt like I was in heaven, except I was literally the oldest person there. And yeah. I, when I dug down into it and listened to the topics they were sharing, they were wonderful for women in their twenties and thirties, but it wasn't, those topics were either things I'd already experienced or, and, and there was there, there were topics that were missing for me. And so that's when I really began kind of my own personal wellness journey, looking for things that could satisfy my needs at that time. And then, of course, Jennifer and I share passions in that area. And it led to ultimately the structure two years later and then this idea of bringing people together. And and look, we're not just a 40 plus gathering space. We want women of all ages there. We want men, too. But a lot just like there's a lot of support for adolescents. There's not a lot of support for what I call 
middle essence yeah. and certainly for women. So we want to be able to provide um, lots of support and, and expansion and inspiration for women in their wisdom years, because this is a time like no other where we need to know ourselves and yeah. express ourselves and connect with others and share our gifts. So for me, that's what prompted a lot of why we headed in this direction. I love it because I, obviously, we've pivoted Liberty Road to be about the 40 plus, even though you're not exclusive to that, we are. And it is very much because uh, I started to see back when I was a consultant back in the day, but I started to see more and more women who didn't believe that this was a time that they could change, that it was sort of like too late. I think I missed the boat. And I'm thinking, you finally have amassed all this experience. You have all this wisdom. You have all these connections. I mean, there's practical pieces, right, too. This is exactly the time when you should be thinking about doing something. And I don't care if it's for-profit, non-profit, writing a book, you know, whatever it is, start something to make your life better and to make the lives of people around you better. And the fact that you guys started from something that you were passionate about, something that you found was a need for yourselves, I think is where we should all begin any business, right? Like you filled the need that you had for yourself. Jennifer, anything on the aging thing that felt important to you? Yeah, for me, I started perimenopause really early mm -hmm. and went through menopause at a time when most people don't and didn't actually know that's what was happening. Oh, wow. And thought I was maybe going crazy <laughs> because of, you know, nobody around yeah. me was experiencing the same thing and none of my doctors really picked up on what was happening. And I feel like on the other side of it, first of all, you, I'm much more fearless but I look back and I wish for that younger person that they had had this community and this connection and this mm. ability to sit around with women of all ages and talk about what we experience, especially as women. And I feel like what we're doing kind of offers that where you're meeting all different kinds of women you never would have met and you're yeah. going to sit next to somebody younger and older. And while you're learning about something or creating something or doing something, you have the ability to chat and discuss. And, you know, we're looking to really bring some information on aging and aging well and what we go through. Yeah. And just to be able to have women not feel alone. Yeah. It strikes me that what you're talking about is something that, I don't know, 50, 100 maybe years ago, oh, a long time ago, we had those social structures in place. You had grandmothers and aunties and family friends, you know, the farm next door, whatever it was, people who gathered at, you know, quilting circles or in churches or whatever that offered those multi-generational opportunities to hear from one another, to teach one another, uh, to listen to one another. And we don't have that. We don't have those structures in the same way. We're lucky if we live next to a family member. Well, sometimes lucky, sometimes it's not so lucky, but um, so, so great that you guys are creating a space where that can live and that multi-generational exchange can be there but it's with the intention of really satisfying the woman who is 40 plus, that you're creating content 
for her. And then the younger woman can come and listen. You know, somebody who's 80 can come and teach and and share, right? Well, that's a great sort of teaser for an event that we're really excited about, a gathering that we're putting together for October, where we will actually bring those. I, I love the the Liberty Road saying that you have, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to bring a small collection of women who are expanders for us, inspiring to us, who may come to talk about reinvention of career, reinvention of their lives, maybe um, health, specific health and aging, or the anti-anti-aging movement, health and wellness tips. We're excited about this. We have some really amazing women that, um, you know, in many ways, I've just reached out to Cold on Instagram DM and said, would you be interested in being a part of this? And it'll be, I think, our first kind of panel and interactive workshop event that we've ever done on a topic that we're both really, really excited about. Can we, so the listeners are going to hear that and they're going to be like, I want in, I want to know. So we'll be able to share that with, in our show notes, at Absolutely. To and all of that. Okay. Yes. The best thing for people to do is to join our mailing list, which is at our website, gatheratthegratefulshed.com. Okay. And then um, we send out newsletters about all of our events. We have some coming up sooner than October, but that one was very relevant to our, our topic at hand. So I wanted to mention it and there'll be information okay. coming out about that soon. And these people need to be LA local kind of area? To come to the Grateful Shed? I mean- It's all in real life. It's all yeah. in real life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They can they can fly in. We'll get we'll have hotel recommendations. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. And listeners, we will make sure to have everything Tracy just said in the show notes, so you can link there as well. One last question as we sort of move on to our fast five. But what would you guys say to a woman? And I want to hear from both of you on this. Who says to you what I just said, which is you know, I'm 50, I'm, I'm 55. I I'm done. I have nothing to offer. I just sent my kids off to college and I don't know what to do. I think I'm just going to take up tennis and call it a day. What would you want to say to her? Jennifer, you can start. Yeah. I mean, what I would, what I would say is, I mean, why give up? Like right now at this moment is the, is amazing. It's an amazing moment. You really get to the point around this age where you shed the concern for what other people think. And I don't mean that in terms of what they care about or who they are. You actually tune in more to who people are and create deeper connection. But the need to worry about what other people think about you or saying about you, which they're not, is gone. And you Mm -hmm. become rather distilled in who you are And what I would say is plumb the depths of who you are, figure out who you are, try everything, Mm. go for it. And nothing's too silly. And some things will ring true and some things won't. But that's one of the reasons why we have the Grateful Shed, which is like, dabble, come to our house, take a painting class. And if you don't like it, doesn't matter. You made some new friends and you played for a little bit. Like all the different kinds of events that we offer or just sort of smattering of like what's out there in the world already. I mean, we did a really fun hour long class on how to learn to use a pendulum, you know, and, and 
I, it was the mo one of the more engaged people were bananas. Yeah. I would say to those women, just learn how to use the pendulum and ask yourself questions and yeah. just ask yourself questions every day. What do I want? Who am I? What does this mean for me? What's the next step? And if you can't figure that out, just go hike. Take a walk. Just go, go hike. Just <laughs> Literally go hike. take a hike. Man. Take a hike. Yes, I love it. Sneakers and walk, right? Get yeah. out in the trees. Tracy and I did a forest bath and we had we hugged trees. <laughs> We've done it all. I want and, these pictures. I want to see yeah. <laughs> you guys hugging trees. Show me yeah, how to hug a tree. I have to say, I mean, all of that was a journey to like, who are we? And yeah. what do we like? And what means something to us? And it gives life meaning. I love that you said distill who you are instead of, I think what we think we're doing on these journeys and I, and I'm, you know, I've done this, I'm guilty of this, but we think it's about finding, reaching out and finding something to pull into who we are. Like they're additions of things that uh, building blocks and somehow they're going to build this form that becomes who we are instead of what you've said, which is this concept of is it is within you. And it is your job, I think it's your responsibility to the world to find what that is and who that is, because we need you to show up as you. We need you to give us your best you. And for all of our mothers and grandmothers who thought that was a selfish endeavor, like, no, <laughs> we, we, we need people to take the time to, to understand how are they, they were created and built so that they could offer that up to the world. So I love that. I love that so much. And I have to, Tracy, I just have to give credit to the, you have to see it to, to be it. That's Marion Wright Edelman. I love that so much. I, as it is the, like the genesis of kind of everything that we're trying to do at Liberty, but I had to give her props. But Tracy, to, uh, you know, I'd love for you to answer that question as well. Kind of what would you say to this woman who just thinks like, I just, I don't even know. I, I don't even have the energy to start over and wants to, by the way, there are some women who would be happy playing tennis all the time and that's their call sure. and that's fine. I'm not, sure. I'm not. Absolutely. No, I was going to no say shade. that. Like if you want to play yes. tennis all day, that's great. And yeah. um, you're going to get in great shape and be outside. Yeah. And that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what I think about a lot is the stories I told myself when I was in my 20s and 30s is that this there's this one path I'm going to take. It's going to it's going to look like this. It's going to go in this order. It's going to go in this sequence. And I could see it all the way through to the end. And right. that is not what happened. And it's also not what is supposed to happen. Mm. I remember someone telling a mentor that I had a woman when I was in my 20s telling me that the number one man in advertising, David Ogilvy of Ogilvy and Mather, yeah. didn't become an advertising man until he was 48. And before that, he had been a sheep farmer and all kinds of other things. And then he found his calling. And that really resonated with me. It made me see, oh, I could be a multi-hyphenate, which I, mm -hmm. I call myself a Swiss army knife in heels. Although the truth I is- I love that. It's yeah. really more like a Swiss army knife in Flags or clogs. <laughs> clogs would be the highest. Birkenstocks or clogs. Um, and I think that if I had known, if I had known that it was okay for the path to be deviated from and for the path to look different than what I thought it was going to be and for it to be exciting, that's the thing that I feel so filled up with right now is 
a passion and an excitement for what could be. And the fact yeah. that I don't know what it is, has I've totally let go of that being a fear motivator for me. You know, we put it out into the universe a lot. Uh, Jennifer will talk about meditation probably at some point because that's her passion. And that's where you come inside and figure out what it is that is really driving you and motivating you. And I wish I had known more of that when I was younger because yeah. um, then it would have, you know, when you're 50, you, you would know it's not, you're not over. There's so much more that you yeah. can be and so much more that you can do. Yeah. Li literally, there is so much more. Like, it's not just, we're not just hanging on to this novel idea to get us through the day. There is literally so much more. If you consider the first 10 years, you know, all the energy that goes into this, this formation of this human being. And then the next 10 years where you're going into finishing high school and college and starting off in your twenties. And then the next 30 years where people are considering relationships and careers and potentially having children and then we, we, that's it. That's all we hear from. Like no more books. Nobody has anything else to offer for us. And it's like, I'm sorry, we have, according to science, we have another 40 years still left to, to go. And now even more, right? So yes. why, why are we hanging it up when there's literally so much uh, time left? Can I just add one thing to that? Because I think that's a really interesting comment that you made is that, it's all based on age and decades and how we look, that notion of our lives. But the truth is that when you just get down to our essence, hmm. call it what you will, your soul, what have you, that we all are light and we're all here to share our light. And it doesn't matter if you're wrinkled mm. or you're older or where you are, is that you have to share those gifts and you have to share that light. and. We have to share stories and we have to talk and you never know what one word, one, one sentence, one meeting, how it ripple affects so many people. Absolutely. And I, I think to me that the motivation where our lives are super busy and we do all kinds of other things that we will still carve out the time to do these events so that we can affect other people's lives. Our, our speakers can affect other people's lives. And then those people will take that and uh, help other people. Well, you guys are surely being that light. I grew up with a mother who always said, be salt and light in the world. Like that is your job. Oh, and you guys are absolutely being that. And you are helping me transition to our fast five. So thank you. <laughs> so I want you each to answer these. So I'll ask, I'll just ask you each one at a time and or two at a time, I should say. What's a favorite book, hack, practice, anything that you've been doing that you want this over 40 audience to hear and to potentially take advantage of? Tracy, you go first. Well, Dr. David Sinclair is my guru. He is a Harvard scientist and his passion and his research is all around the fact that he believes aging is a disease and it can be cured, it can be eliminated, and he has so many hacks and so many pieces of advice on that front. And he just launched a new podcast that I recommend listening to. I've listened to it over and over again because there's a lot of science in it. So it's, sometimes it's hard to understand. But one of the main practices that I have really come to rely on is just an overall detox, detox practice. And that mm. is really designed at reducing inflammation because as, as I got into my 
mid to late 40s, I started to notice inflammation showing up in my joints and in other places. And so whether it's an infrared sauna or intermittent fasting or herbal tea to aid digestion or fascia rolling or lymphatic drainage, like whatever I can do to have a detox practice in my life has had a huge impact on the way that I feel on the daily. That's awesome. Tracy, will you separately share the link to his podcast and Absolutely. any of these things, these practices that you do so that our listeners can take advantage of it. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. Would love Jennifer. That. How about you? Well, for me, the number one practice that has changed my life completely is meditation. Yeah. And I've always done it, but not on the regular and not what I would call a practice. And it wasn't until the pandemic and a friend of mine started offering free guided meditations every night because she didn't want people to feel alone. And I committed to, I think I did nine months in a row of evening meditation and they're very inner going and, uh, and it speaks back to what I was said was like where you, you meet yourself and it's expansive and it has, really given me a different perspective on the world and life and how I deal with everything. And so I, I, I just can't stress meditation enough as the key, but like Tracy, I'm very into anti-aging and health as a child of the hippie granola parents of the seventies <laughs> where we had our own garden and we made our own food and, and it. I very health conscious do a lot of the same practices as Tracy walking in nature we we go to the infrared sauna and drip sweat. We go to the gym. And um, I also do some very kind of woo-woo stuff every day that it gives me something to focus on because I can get very caught up in the on the daily and the needs of everybody in my family and my clients and my work. And I am a to-do list person and I can get really bogged down in the here and now. And I so every morning I pull a tarot card and now an oracle card of which at our next event, you can come meet the artist and get your own oracle deck because they're beautiful. And I use those as sort of talismans through the day to think about and ground and be mindful of what kind of energies I'm working with and to not always get stuck on the earth plane. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think all of us need to find those spaces where we are finding that spiritual home for ourselves, whether it's pulling an oracle card or meditating or saying a prayer or finding sort of that divine connection. I think it's really, it's really important. And I think a lot of us can get caught up in the busyness of life and forget that that's kind of sort of what we're intended for to come from that place. So I I appreciate that so much. And it's a good reminder to myself. A lighter uh, question, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Jennifer, you want to go first on this one? You're going to hate my answer because I don't eat ice cream. (laughs) Is there an ice cream alternative that, that you yes. like? Okay. I will offer you a mind-blowing <laughs> okay. taste treat <laughs> that is not ice cream. For those of you whose ice cream upsets their stomachs, like okay. myself, I have discovered a product called Honey Mamas. And it's uh, she calls it a cocoa truffle delight. Okay. And it's only five ingredients. It's made with honey. Um, the flavors are amazing and they comes in like a bar with little squares and all you need is like one little square and it's mine. Keep it in your fridge, have a little one when your husband's eating ice cream that you can't eat. Okay. But if I were to eat ice cream, it would be mint chocolate chip. 
Okay. And the the Honey Mamas, we can get online or yes. at the... Gro- okay. Yes. You can get it online. They have it in a kind of your more like uh, health food grocery Specialty. stores, maybe okay. like a Bristol Forums or something like okay. that. But I'll send you the information. You, you're going to thank me. Okay. I have no doubt. I, many people will <laughs> thank you. Tracy, do you eat ice cream? I do. I do. And I love pistachio. Yes. That is a great, any particular pistachio, any brand? No, I did. It, the, the weirder the green, you know, because sometimes they can yeah. be really like, that's probably like the worst kind, but the weirder the green, like the Rite Aid, the drugstore yes. pistachio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Do you good. know how many people will specifically say Rite Aid? Like when they're telling me about a flavor, they'll say, it's good. oh, it has to be the Rite Aid, blah, 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 or the whatever. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's it's never the highbrow one that you think it's going to be. No. Um and then kind of in a word or two, like, what is your favorite thing about this stage of life? Tracy, you can go first on this one. My curiosity has quadrupled. It's just like, I just want to be a sponge. I'm interested about so many things. I have particular interests, but they it's expansive. And now yeah. I have more space to support that curiosity. Yeah, that's awesome. Jennifer? I would say fearlessness, groundedness and expansion. I, you guys have used expansive and expansion so much in this conversation. No, I actually really love it because there's something very freeing. It's like I can stretch out and be a little bit more of who I am. I can reach for more information. I can access more. I can, I can let more information into my life. I think a lot of us, um, as we age, start to get more narrow. And I appreciate how much you guys have are going in the other direction and encouraging us to do the same. And then if you were mentoring, and Jennifer, you hinted at this earlier, but if you were mentoring your younger self and, you know, giving her some advice on what to expect from midlife, what would you want her to know? What would you say to her? Well, I have several things that I would tell her. Yes. (laughs) And one would be learn healthy boundaries. Mm. That is something that came to me very late in life and I didn't know how. And I actually had a friend mentor who taught me what it means. And I would also say self-care, practice self-care, learn self-care. And that comes from self-care isn't selfish. It's not, oh, get a massage just to, it's it's self-care in loving oneself Mm. and putting oneself first so that you are your best self for others. And that I came to very late in life yeah. and am constantly learning. So I would, I would, I would say meditate. I would have told her to meditate more, walk more, connect more, uh, practice self-care and learn some really healthy boundaries. Yeah. And when you say you came to it late in life, just later, cause it's not too late because you're doing right. so many later. of those things now. Later. 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 Yeah. I mean, I had needed them much earlier, learn them a little later than I wish I had. I think we can all say amen to that one. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Tracy, how about you? What would you say to that younger Tracy? Well, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I would tell that younger woman that it's okay, that it's not going to all be figured out, not to try and figure it out and to have this loose and open way of operating in the world so that you can be a vessel for opportunities when they come. And if, and it doesn't have to be the vision that you thought it was supposed to be. I would also say, find friends who fill you up 
the power of the circle of women in my life is immeasurable. Mm. And I think finding friends who are not transactional friends is really key. It just has to be natural and it has to be, those relationships have to fill you up. And last, and you'll like this because I'm going to say the word expander again, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's important to find expanders for all areas of your life, for career, for family, for love, for for self-care, for living a long, lovely life. Find those people who are doing it the way you think you might want to do it and connect with yeah. them. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to pick on this, something you said really quickly. When you said transactional relationships... Describe what you meant. We're all so busy. And well, I know that I have a full life and I'm, I like to do a lot of different things and I like to be in a lot of different places and I get along well with a lot of people. Um, but I have that core group of friends who mm. are not going to give and expect at least immediately something of equal value in return. Yeah. I've definitely gone through those times in my life where, you know, I've lost both of my parents. Um, I'm half of an empty nester. I'm a single mom. And there have been times when I've needed to lean on my friends in a big way. Mm. And I know I wasn't giving much back to them, but the mm. real friends didn't care. Um, yeah. And now I've been able to fill myself up to the point where I can give back in the ways that I should and need to, to fulfill those friendships. But there never was a judgment from my real friends on, on where I was in my life at that time. That's what I mean yeah. by transactional. It's not like a, a tit for tat relationship. It's, it's one based on real soulful connection and real understanding of where we are in our lives. Thank you for that. I think it's important to have that defined because I think it's something we all need to have and it's something to be mindful of if we don't. Like, what is the difference between this, these friends I have that where they don't feel like home in a way that I would hope that they would and yeah. those that do. And I, yeah. you did a great job of describing that. And then last question, and I would love to hear from both of you on this. What has starting the Grateful Shed liberated in you, Jennifer? For me, it's liberated... It's liberating from fear of meeting new people, of having people come into my home. It has, um, the sharing is liberating, is mm. what I would say. Just, just being grateful for what I have, whether it's knowledge, whether it's property, and sharing that with others. It's just incredibly liberating to sit back and to watch people enjoy and share and learn and have a good time. That's awesome. And I'm sure it's in, it's liberating to all those that partake in that. That's well, I awesome. hope so. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Tracy, how about for you? Well, on the daily, I pretty much live my life in a five mile radius, which I'm very fortunate to do. I'm very privileged to have a job that's close to home that allows me to be, you know, there for my both of my children when they were both here and my one son who's here now and the grateful shed has widened my connections in a way that really wasn't possible before and i would say on a grander scale though it's giving me a lot of faith in humanity hmm. in a time you know that we've been in for a while now where it's sometimes hard to have that faith 
But the people I've met, the willingness for people to step up and be a part of this and to give of themselves in such an unselfish way and for people to fearlessly walk through this strange door in South Pasadena to come and sit with people they don't know has just really made me happy to be a human right now and a, and a yeah. woman at that who are, who's sitting in circle with some amazing other people. That's awesome. You guys have been uh, a gift and, and thank you for letting us to use Tracy's words, sit in circle with you today. <laughs> Liberty listeners, thank you for joining this circle and being a part of this conversation and everything they said we will make sure is in the show notes so you guys can access it. Tracy and Jennifer, thanks for being with us today. So appreciate it. Thank you so thank much, you, Netta. Netta. Thank you. Of course, of course. And Liberty listeners, we will be back here next week. Talk to you then. Bye. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.